Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign-up link in this episode's description. This episode is brought to you by the Everyday App. Technically, this is an ad, but the Everyday app has honestly been super helpful for me, and I wouldn't partner with a company if I didn't genuinely believe in the product. So, what does the app do? It basically helps you track your habits so that you can see your progress over time. There's a common business saying, what gets measured gets managed. Like I said, it usually applies to businesses, keeping track of things like their sales and customer satisfaction, but I think it's just as relevant for personal goals too. It sounds like a simple concept for an app, but I've personally found it to be super effective in helping create new habits. The app lets you add whatever habits you're currently working on building. For me right now, some of those include reviewing my to-do list each day uh, so that I stay on top of the things I want to get done. Another one is going to the gym, and another one is limiting my time on Twitter to five minutes a day. The app lets you add three habits for free, so you can see if you find it helpful, If you soon realize you want to track more than three habits, like I eventually did, the paid version lets you track unlimited habits and has other cool features, and it's pretty good value in my opinion. There's a link in the episode description that gets you 10% off. All right, let's jump into today's conversation. Sure. Um, Okay, I started recording. Oh, boy. Uh, So, yeah, like I said, like like we both agreed, we'll see see how this goes. and to me, this is kind of the nature of this, uh, this topic and why I'm excited to talk about it is because you're not the only friend. Like I've had other, a lot of other friends are concerned these days. They seem more and more concerned to like talk cause they, they feel like they're going to get in trouble or something, which doesn't seem like a good thing, but on the flip can side, you, yeah. Can you just give the, the listener? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's singular, I mind you. The listener has <laughs> to to just overview of the question. Yes, the overview of the question or the opening question. We'll, we'll go in some different directions, but is is today's cancel culture a problem? That that's the overarching question, I think. But uh, we will we'll see where it goes. I just posted the question on my on my Twitter feed, which you know. Not that many followers, so you can't expect a very good uh, response, number of responses. But uh, yeah, no, I like the multiple engagement. I like I like the different so surrounding. Yeah. Okay. Last I checked, there was one answer. the The question, yeah, I posted. You can do a poll. Is is cancel culture a problem? And there was one response that said yes. I don't know who it was. You can't see, but uh, someone someone thinks it's a problem. What do you What do you think? Look, I I think that it's it's weird. Right. I think that we first have to take a step back and ask ourselves how we make decisions as human beings. How do we come to a conclusion that we can agree on as people? Why do we think one thought versus the next? And I think that I pride myself in trying to think through all the options and being as logical as possible and different mental models that you can use to ensure that, you know, you're coming to a sane conclusion. And I think that on an individual level, that works generally pretty well. I think people are more or less logical. Um, Sometimes I worry, though, that groupthink and, you know, large groups coming to, to make decisions takes on a different kind of the different kind of thought process in, in its totality. Um, now that said, my w- answering that poll one way or the other in a vacuum, I think the idea of cancel, cancel culture is, is generally unproductive, right? But I don't know whether or not in this est- instance that what we're going through right now, it's either positive or negative. So I'm unsure. What I want to do is make sure that I come to a conclusion that is supported by, you know, emotion, certainly, but also, you know, understanding 
and reason and you know empathy and these important traits that we need to come to you know some full conclusions right so okay maybe i'll start off maybe with uh saying what what the definition is of cancel culture i think that would be great so when i search cancel cancel culture on google i don't see it doesn't have a wikipedia page but it it shows online shaming, I guess, which is similar. And it says the act of canceling, also referred to as cancel culture, a variant on the term call out culture, describes a form of boycott in which an individual, usually a celebrity, who has shared a questionable or controversial opinion or has had a behavior in the past that is perceived to be offensive. Uh oh. I lost the rest of the. Oh perceived to be offensive recorded on social media is canceled, meaning they are like ostracized and shunned by former friends, followers, supporters alike, leading to declines in their career or I guess fan base of their celebrity. Well, you know, that in and of itself to me is a problem. You know, we look to these people for moral guidance and whose careers are based on whether or not people like them not whether or not they're thinkers in any sort of way, you know, right. These people you, you see not just politicians, but especially politicians, but you also see celebrities who, you know, one year they, they vehemently anti-gay marriage. And then five, 10 years later, they're the biggest support. It's a moral crime to support anything other than that. Right. And so I think that, you know, I, 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 another problem that I see is that certain people have outsized voices and in society. And it's especially true now with these, um, with these, uh, with social, social media. media. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know personally anyone. I don't know one person who doesn't support black lives matter and who doesn't think racism is systemic is a systemic problem, but we only engage with people who are very similar to us. Right. And so there's this, you know, I can't help but think like, you know, Donald Trump was elected president. He won he the more delegates than Hillary. What happened? He's he won almost the majority of or he almost won the majority of the population. Yeah, yeah. I think like 40 to 50 million people voted for him. We don't we're in our bubble. We're in our own little bubble and we're, you know, I, I worry that, you know, we're not engaging other people as, as part of can- cancel culture, right? What you're doing is you're saying anyone who doesn't agree with you is wrong because we're all in this bubble that, you know, we're all in this bubble that acts and thinks alike. And with good reason, we think we're right. It's nice to surround yourself with people who you agree with. And frankly, I think that Black Lives Matter and I think that systemic racism is a problem. And I, I have a lot of other thoughts that are progressive that I think are probably right. But if I'm engaging with only people who think the same as me and all I hear on social media and from the news that I engage in is um, thoughts that are like mine, I'm not going to come to a full conclusion like I was talking about at the, at the outset. And in the process, we're not changing anyone's mind. We're just making, we're just shushing them. And that's not actually changing public opinion. That's just having the loudest voices win on this stage. That is, um, you know, it's it's nonsense. It doesn't it doesn't make a difference when the polls come out? And it doesn't make a difference with who was elected our president or America's president. So that's my rant, and you can comment as you see fit. So, um, like, I'm wondering: are are people's fears overblown? Like, I have like multiple friends who have been who have either at who have come on the podcast and asked me to edit out portions of the conversation because they were they were afraid that what they said might have been interpreted as offensive um like are these fears legitimate are 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 people uh like are the fears overblown what are their fears that they might get fired that their friends might stop engaging with them 
I think I think most of it is it's career career based. Well, look, I we you and I were talking before this that about how my my personal fears around my biking experience before I had actually endeavored on my long bike ride and how I was scared before I did anything. Perhaps this before I did it and then once I did it I felt better. Perhaps this is it, right? Perhaps this is the same kind of thing where, you know, your friends and me included are worried to say something because the consequences are unknown. But when they do kind of reach that cliff and they do talk out and if it speak out and if it does make some sense, then perhaps it will create good dialogue. But I think that the fact that you've heard that and the fact that I've heard that is a problem in and of it. It's a big problem in and of itself. It's a huge, massive problem. And it just reduces other people's voices and lets the loudest voice in the, in the group win. Another question we have to ask is, is that voice the right voice, right? In this instance, I think that the stuff, the, the content that's being, you know, that, that people are pushing and, you know, the movements that are going on are really productive. I think they're great. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's, that it's good for what's for general society. Right. Um, I think it'll create systemic, I think it'll create big problems in society. Here's a, here's a, here's a question for you. Uh, I just saw this bit of news. Um, there's a college football coach who wore a t-shirt that says one America news network O O a N. Um, and it's a far right news organization. And he was photoed photographed in a t-shirt with, with this organization on his shirt. Um, and so the players are now saying that they don't want to play for him anymore. Right. And so my question is, first of all, the president of the United States tweets about this organization retweets them all the time constantly Mm -hmm. right and now we're saying here that this guy can't listen to this news podcast or this news organization for its right-wing views when your fucking president is is literally retweeting this stuff like clockwork and then the second question is what do you do as the as the school what do you do as that that employs this guy or what do you do as the coach right what if he actually likes the news network? Perhaps he's, he's a big fan of it. Perhaps he supports, he probably supports Donald Trump. He probably has a lot of right-wing views, but so does the president of the United States. So, you know, what does, how far, what, what are his actions? Does he apologize and then become part of this uh, cancel culture or, or, or what, what do you think? So is this, this news org is known for, are they known for like a lot of racist content? Yeah, it's or? crap. Look, they're they're not. It's crap. They're not wearing KKK hats, but they're you know I can tell you they're not exactly a fantastic organization. They're like Donald Trump news propaganda. Yeah, I guess the question is like who's who's to be the judge of like if it's crap? Like to you, it's crap. To me, it's crap. But like you said, we're in a bubble. Other people might not think it's crap. I wonder. Do you think? Do you think kind of like the free market takes care of this on its own? And what I mean by that is, you know, like they will just listen to the views of their team. If the majority of the team is calling for this coach to get fired, he's going to get fired because the majority of people are calling for him to get fired. If the majority of the team is saying, no, we still want him to be coach. Like, can you, can you just trust like whatever the majority is kind of thing? Um, Sure. I think I, I generally, I agree with you, but I don't think that that will move us in any productive direction as like a society. Why? Because people like him are still going to be listening to propaganda, right? Just because like one, you know, like young kids, these are kids. Think about the demographic, right? Of, of the, of the college football players. They're young kids. They're you know, you generally screw, skew liberal. They're like, you know, okay. Okay. Support these, these, you know, views. So was your, was your argument there that if, even if the, even if the whole team wants him to get fired, you're, you're making an argument that maybe 
it's better to like try to educate him. Like if you keep him around, you can, you can maybe influence him versus you fire him, maybe gets more upset and goes further down his rabbit hole. Of Yeah. It doesn't actually change anything, right? It just continues this kind of culture where we, people feel afraid to wear t-shirts and, you know, support things that they support. And that's scary. I think for me. Right. So I, I, I kind of, I agree with you kind of like there, it seems like there needs to be an opportunity to, to ask them, like, do you, do, are you aware that people associate this news organization with being racist or homophobic because of this? Have you seen these posts? You understand it. Like you're kind of saying like, maybe give them an opportunity. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they just don't understand. Like, at a certain point, if, if, if you're trying to, to help the person understand why supporting this news organization is not acceptable, like at a certain point, you're going to say, okay, enough's enough. They're not listening. You're going to have to let them go. But you, you, want, you want to give well, them a little bit what, more of a shot? Here's my question. First of all, what makes our views objectively right, first of all? I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a like, one philosophical view is that there's no such thing as right and wrong. It's all uh, opinion-based, right? To I point. agree. Yeah. So, so, but, but I agree that we need to take a, a realistic lens to this, right? And I, I think that's fair. But I, you know, I worry that it's a, it's a slope in that, you know, if we're perhaps in this instance, we're absolutely right. Like that, news this news organization's complete propaganda and you know it should be shunned entirely from society but what if he was just came out and said that he's a, a donald trump supporter what if that was the instance can you cancel culture someone for that what if the players don't want to play that just seems to me like it's just dividing society like it's going to continue to divide society and frankly in the Society isn't in a very good state right now in terms of partisanship. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's kind of a catch twenty two. And and then at what point do you say, I can't, I personally just can't identify with with your views. We're just too far apart. We're, and and that's why I want nothing to do with you. And, and I understand that view as well. Right. Somebody saying like this personally offends me. Um, and I don't want to identify at all with that. And I understand that as well, but I, it's, it's, I think it's, it's bad. I think it's like, I think that things are moving in the wrong direction and I don't know if this is the right one. Okay. So like, is it fair to say you, you want to see more people think like when they come across someone who says something that, you know, makes them feel angry or uncomfortable or they feel is, is inappropriate. You want to see people like try to at least like understand their viewpoint, make sure like first make sure like what they meant to say is what they meant to say kind of thing. Like make sure you understand what they're saying. And then uh, if it's clear to you that what they said is racist, homophobic, whatever it is, like try to have like some sort of conversation with them to make sure they understand like, I guess why it's interpreted that way. Like you, you want to do, you want to see like a little bit of like dialogue before you get rid of them. Yeah. Like it'd be nice if everyone could breathe, you know, I think, I think the world needs one collective deep breath and saying like, and having like a more, you know, you know, we're bombarded with information, just completely bombarded and we have to make decisions quicker than we ever have before. And I think it's tough for people to do that. And, you know, I think we make errors in the process just for example, perhaps this guy likes this news network because it's of its, uh, you know, laissez-faire economic stance or whatever it is, right? There's, there's a number of reasons to be right-wing that don't involve you being a racist or a homophobe. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I, I agree with your kind of conclusion in that, like, you know, I think it's going to take a big societal step up in terms of dialogue. And I don't know if the current environment is kind of conducive for that. Right. So I have a very generally negative outlook on what will be able to, but that's life, man. What can you do?
thinking. I would love to hear more of your perspective um, or if you have any other kind of any other strains in which you'd like to take this down. I'm My perspective sure. on anything in specific? Yeah, like if you have any strong feelings one way or the other on any of this. Uh, I... I, I agree with you. Like nothing, nothing you've said to me was anything that I like. I felt that I strongly disagreed with. Like I agree with you that it's a problem that if if you fire someone or cancel someone, aka whatever you want to call it, like when they say something controversial, uh, like it doesn't it doesn't help in that they're probably just gonna they're gonna keep their view right they're going to keep that view that they had versus like having a conversation with them. But at the same time, you know, there's debates around like this, how do you decide? And maybe this has to go, this relates to what you mentioned about free speech and censorship. Like how do you decide whether to give someone a platform when they're saying like stuff that's, racist or homophobic and part of the part of the thing is you know um like i strongly believe it's important to to give minority like views people that have a view that's not of the majority you need it because we have a bad track record throughout history absolutely of you know the majority like the norm was slavery you know 100 200 years ago and if you didn't want to go either very yeah. recently, actually. Yeah. And at the time, there was probably, it started off with a small minority of people who were like, wait a minute, this is not right. And that was probably a controversial thing to say at the time that you shouldn't have slave. You need to have that platform. So, like, how do you do it while minimizing the damage of letting super uh, people with like destructive views or something? I, I don't know. Like, I completely agree with you. I think that the platform does a ton of good. I think like that, like full stop. I think that it's shockingly important. And I think that like the causes that it's, that it's pertaining to now are like, couldn't be more important. Um, And, you know, I'm, you're like, this conversation is also swaying my views back and forth. Right. Like, I don't know what's right. I actually, I don't know. It's a, it's a, fine line and perhaps there is no line right like perhaps we're gonna have to take concessions one way or the other right um i like i i guess the i don't know i'm kind of speechless you you don't use twitter very much right no i do you do okay so what are your thoughts on uh twitter and facebook having a a dislike button and where where I'm getting with this is, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a platform where um, it's completely free and like even like super racist stuff or controversial stuff or whatever can be posted, I feel like you want a strong mechanism for the average person to know maybe what or like what are your thoughts on like how to how to manage like when people see content. Um, do you want them to have a sense of what the community thinks of it? Is it better if they go into reading an article and not being biased by what other people think? Uh, That's a great question. I, I think that, um, you know, the, the kind of pessimist in me says that Facebook and Instagram and these social uh, media platforms aren't a good cross section of the population at whole. So you're still, we're still going to be seeing things that our friends and that people who are similar to us like, and we're going to be seeing what they don't like, and we're going to be kept in a bubble of information, right? I also think that it's important for, you know, certain information to be, you know, cut off and for you know, crap, like, you know, if it's false information, um, to not be propagated. So, so like they act, it's actually removed from, from 
these platforms versus um, having allowing the community to kind of vote on is this truthful or not? But the community doesn't doesn't know what's truthful or not. That's the that's the problem. Like yeah. I I that that is the problem. Like people aren't well generally very well educated on like not in general, but they're not well educated on who's a legitimate news source and what reference did they come from? People like conversations that I have, sometimes my mother just pulls something that she like literally just, just came from anywhere on the internet. It could have come from the darkest, deepest annals of the internet. Um, And so, you know, people aren't good fact checkers and that's how false information gets propagated. So I I was going to say like, I, it's sometimes okay maybe there's stuff that's more there's there's a spectrum of how how clear it is like how confident are you that something is false um so that's one thing i would say so and then where's like the cutoff there how do you think about that because you can make an argument that you're you can never be 100 percent sure and it can be like a lot of the times what i see is that um it's misleading like well like, yeah. yeah. It's Mis- not, it's not outright false, but it's spun or they're, they're, ta- they're, they're taking an angle on it to make it look, they're misleading people based on the way they're cutting the information. Yeah. Well, look, I think you can work in terms of objectivity, right? Like if this happened on the, if someone says Hillary Clinton was convicted of fraud and, um, you know, using fake emails and blah, 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 blah. That's like objectively false. So you can take down those posts. But um, I agree with you in that, you know, um, misleading news is and happens all the time. And the problem is who the hell's to say, you know, what is and what isn't. So I, I think that in that sense, I think that we're kind of past the point of no return where there's such a vast and vast flow of, of content and so much of it is crap. And I don't know what's good and what isn't anymore. In fact, I never did. Who am I to be the judge of what's misleading and what's right and what's wrong and being the arbiter of truth. And, and who's to say that an organization like Facebook should be the arbiter of truth. Right. Um, so uh, I think that you can work in t- terms of objectivity, and if it isn't, then you're handcuffed. And and that will and the societal divide that I was talking about, that's just going to continue to 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 you know manifest itself because there's you can find any piece of news that you want that suits your needs. Anything, no matter what topic it's on, if it, if you want to. If you want to start talking about, if you want to, if you're interested in tissue boxes, how they, you know, cause cancer, you can find something on that. You can find something on whatever you want. The news to fit your needs is somewhere, is everywhere. The truth, however, is a lot harder to find. And if that's a principle that we're kind of laying our foundation with, society is going to really struggle to find the truth because people aren't interested in sifting through you know, articles and information and facts to come up with the right perspective. They're interested in, no, 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 the tissue box does cause cancer. No, it does. And here's the article that proves it. I just read it right now. Okay. Supports my views. I, I, okay. I agree with you that you can find probably an article on anything. Right. But I, I think I disagree that actually I'll, I'll ask you, are, are you saying that you think that the truth is getting like harder to oh, find? For sure. For, for sure. sure. I would disagree. I would, I would argue that, the, that this is the best time in history to find the truth. <clears throat> when I search I, Google for, yeah. I, I search Google for questions all the time and it is like almost always right. I'd agree in some instances. Yes. In the past, you asked like it's, your but your, but but okay. Are you talking about facts? Are you talking about like how many how many you know X's and how many feathers are in a pillow, or are you talking about facts around anything? Anything. Anything. I would I would argue like for pretty much anything. Like the power of Google today for me be, to be able to search a question for anything 
is going to be way better than a hundred years ago. I had to either go to the library and read you some random to... one guy's book who wrote something on it, or I have to ask yes. my cousin or something. Yes, you're right. You have you have easier access to find what's right, but there's also more content, and which 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 gives way to more wrong content. But I will also say that people, regardless of what time period we're talking about, people don't like to be wrong. People don't like to have their their values challenged and people don't like to have their ideologies, you know, proven wrong. So I think it's a general human thing that people don't generally like to be wrong. And if and in that sense, if there's some news organization or some X that is saying what you like, you're going to continue doing it. Now, Adam, you are generally an arbiter of truth. You have a podcast where you have your ideas challenged and you're open to things like that. But I don't think necessarily that everyone is. And, you know, I observe that relatively regularly. That's my humble, humble opinion. I don't think people like to be wrong and I don't think people like to change their opinions very much. Um, I don't, to me, there's a lot of objective fact in the world that's taken a whole long, really long time to, to sway in public opinion, even though there's a theory of evolution, right? That's pretty simple, basic stuff. But, you know, there's still debates and the majority of the population doesn't think, like it takes a long time for people to, to come to reasonable conclusions based on their set of values. Um, there's a million reasons why something could be proven wrong in your mind and not every single one of them is necessarily going to be based on fact. So, uh, did, did I change your mind that, that, uh, the truth is easier now than ever? In some sense. Absolutely. You're right. Yes. In many, in many regards. Yes. I'm curious, what's the type that's still in your mind is maybe harder to come, come across the truth you think i i think like subjective look perhaps it's not more difficult than before but i still think it's very difficult to come across like a subjective honest truth telling around a particular um you know uh, whatever it is around something that is controversial or the things that matter i think it's it's tough to to find you know high quality kind of I, look. I think there's also a difference between news and like objective like news telling and opinion. I think there's t- tons of opinions out there. So I think that look, you, you, while you can get like fact, it's easy to get relatively easy to get fact. It's very hard to get like an honest objective opinion on things. And so I think that having the market flooded with opinion from all over the place, you know, while it's easy to get the good stuff, the stuff that is honest and generally right, there's a ton of stuff. There's 10 times more stuff that's crap. And if you're not looking for the right stuff, then you're not going to find it. So I think it's a human nature problem. If you're not looking for the truth, then you will have no problem not finding it. I don't know if I agree that there's 10 times more crap than there is good stuff. Like I kind of feel like it's the opposite. Like there's a lot of good stuff and then there's like some crap, which you can find, but, uh, I would, I would, I would say that you're in a bubble. (laughs) You're in your own news social bubble. Yeah that you get on social is curated to fit your needs the people that you're following on twitter generally fit your needs google i'm sure knows quite a bit about adam kruger that fits those perfect little needs of yours um so i can't say for a fact but i think i honestly i think there's a i think there's a bubble problem i think there's a true bubble problem because there's some guy in oklahoma adam or pick your idaho whatever state you want louisiana who's in living in a rural area and, you know, has very long held beliefs that are very, very different to yours. And it's not like he's reading the New York times and going, ah, there's so much, so much good stuff here. And, you know, it's, 
And it's just the New York Times and the Washington Post popping up in the Atlantic and the New Yorker. And he's like, oh, wow, this is really great. I guess, I guess it is. I guess this is the truth. No, he's, he's got a whole different set. And his, the people that are posting on Facebook also have similar views to him. And he gets all that information. So I think that, you know, we have to put ourselves in other people's shoes and say, look, it's easy for you and I to get information as well-educated, um, you know, young people who are able to navigate the internet and understand its, its workings. Um, but I don't think it is for many other people. Right. Um, I'm trying to find really quickly. There was this, I was reading recently and they mentioned in this book, like pretty much the way that, that we refer to the United States. So, okay. There's, there's this view that like the world is more divided than ever. And the States is more divided than ever, but um, pretty much they were making the case that like, that's not true. And it's actually more united than, than it's ever been. Um, Send me that article. I'd be, I'd which, love it. I'll read it tonight. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find it really quickly. So I hope I don't butcher this, but, um, they pretty much said, um, like, would you say that the unit, the United States is divided or the United States are divided? Sorry, would I say the United States is divided or the United States are divided? Yeah. Which one would you say? Which one do you think is more grammatically correct? Is. Okay. So they, they make the argument in this book that it, mu- it used to be much more common to use the word are, like A-R-E, the United States are. Because it's, over- you know, it's a... People used to view them as different things and now... I understand the logic. I understand that. You don't buy it. It's fucking stupid bullshit. Give me a fucking break. I, I get it. I get it right away. There are United States. They're... Man, they are... So the, the divide isn't between states necessarily. It's between urban and rural. That, I think, is where we get a massive divide. Massive, massive, massive divide. I understand that little grammatical, cutesy little thing there. <laughs> I, you know, to me, that sounds obnoxious, frankly, and yeah. doesn't do anything at you all. You don't buy it. It's offensive. I, I thought it was interesting. That it's it used cutesy, to, but it doesn't prove anything one way or the other. Well, it proves that it, it's like something that says, you know, like at least we, like people are more united. Okay, you don't buy Not it. Necessarily. I, I see the it's argument against it. Yeah, I see the grammatical little thing. I, I, no, I, they are a group of states. And I agree with you that, you know, they didn't like post, you know, post-Civil War, and, or no, following the Civil War and then going into that, it's, it's definitely become more centralized as a, as a country, for sure, for sure. But I've been to Missouri, and I've been to New York, and I've been to Los Angeles. And let me tell you, Adam, there's, there's nothing discernible between the people in Missouri and the people in New York and the people in Los Angeles. There's, there's, there's no commonalities at all. There's nothing. Maybe religion but really not even that. Um, well, they all believe in like democracy to some degree. It is such a culture shock and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? You're having different cultures. Yeah. A country is not necessarily a bad thing, but like my worry is these people don't understand lives at all. The only thing that, that in my mind unites many of them is this idea of the United States. And now we have a, a continued, in my opinion, and I would love to read that article that you sent that you um, started off with such a glowing. <laughs> but uh, I think that it's continuing to be pulled apart. And I don't think that, and I think the jury is still out on whether or not cancel culture, you know, propagates that or not. Yeah, I would say, I don't I know. Guess- 
I'm I'm not that concerned about it, but I I kind of wanted to have a conversation around it because, like I said, I'm hearing it a lot from friends, and like clearly they think it's more of a problem than I do. Um, like I I try telling them like, do you know anyone who has ever lost their job for saying something? like controversial on social media or something like personally I don't. So I feel like maybe this fear is overblown. Um, if you supported Donald Trump, just let's say, do you think you could tell people openly at work? If you thought, if you said, if I was an American, I'd vote for Donald Trump. It's a good question. Um, do you think that would have any repercussions? Do you think it would have any, not just, not just like tangible ones, but also social ones into intangible repercussions? Yeah. Some people wouldn't like me. Definitely. They wouldn't like, but you know, that's as. No, as, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, I agree. It is a problem that people who support Trump, I feel like they are, because you made a comment like um, me and you are in a bubble and we don't know any people who would vote for Trump. I think you said, I, I think I probably do know quite a few that, but to your point, I think people are quiet about it because they're scared that, uh, cause he's so polarizing. Um, but I'd rather like, have a conversation about them with them on, you know, why I think it's not a good idea to support Trump or I want to know from them, like what, why they do support him or or something like that. If, and if someone did support Donald, if let's put them, let's put you in the other shoes. Now, if someone at your work came up to you and you had a conversation with them and they told you that they were pro Trump and they perhaps said some things that were, that you found to be, perhaps even like objectionable, but maybe like reprehensible. Would you, what would you do? If anything, would you, would you? I asked them, I'd ask them like, 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 are you aware that like that view would be considered offensive to, to some people or something? And I, they said, maybe they say, yes, I don't think it should be or something. Yeah. They don't, I don't think it should be. I don't think, I think we have too many immigrants and, Um, you know, I think that, you know, we're losing our Christian faith and, you know, I think that, you know, frankly, I think that 40 years ago, 60 years ago, the United States was in a much better place economically, socially, um, family wise, you know, I don't, I don't support gay marriage. Um, it goes against my value set. Um, I think that we need a tough leader. Um, sometimes tough leaders are going to be polarizing and, you know, I think he's doing a good job. And, and I also think that, you know, the Democratic Party is full of um, people who, uh, you know, just play to the crowd. And I don't think they believe anything of what they say and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So some things that we, you and I would probably find pretty gross. What would you do? But also uh, reasonable views, like not ab- abhorrent. What do you mean reasonable? Reasonable in what sense? This is someone they're talking about religion. They're talking about kind of like economic prosperity. They're t- like, I mean, they're I, not like, they're not like, they're not insane. Like they, they're, it's not, well, there's other people with the same view. There's lots of other people with that same view. Yeah. It's not like they're saying like, I hate Mexicans. They're saying, I, I don't think we need any more immigration. I think that we're losing jobs. Okay. So that one, that one to me is like, I, I understand where they're coming from. The, so if I just said all those things. Would you? And, I would. I would want to start like one. We got to break it down into one issue at a time. Like you talked about uh, immigration, uh, anti-gay rights, and anti-gay marriage. Like those are two very separate things. They. I agree, but just uh, just you know, work with me here. Let's say hypothetical. Let's say I stuck to all my views. You and I work together closely on a team at, at where at your workplace, which I can't disclose on this podcast. Yeah. Would you, what would you feel comfortable still working with me? If I said we had a conversation, I still held all my views. Would you still feel comfortable working with me? I mean, it's, it's definitely going to affect my, my view of them. Um, I agree for sure. And I and would want, I want, I want a world where like I can be like transparent with them. If I was hiring and be like, sorry, like I can't hire someone who has this view. Um, if they're not, I, I guess, I don't know. It's tough. Like the, the immigration one, like, um, I guess you need to, you need to look at the data, uh, overall on, um, like what happens to economies, um, during immigration. 
honestly, I think what you're speaking to is at least the immigration one to me is, is complex to some degree. Like I think most people would agree that you can't, you can't have completely open borders, right? You have to have some, some sort of cap on immigration. I think like most people would agree with that. Um, so the question is like, what, what is the rate of immigration that is acceptable? And then stuff, stuff around how you decide who's allowed to immigrate and stuff like that. The, the anti-gay one in terms of their values, like that one, I have a really tough time with because, you know, I just can't relate at all in any way to having those, those values that like it would, I, I can't relate to to someone being like so hurt by someone else um, who's gay getting married. Like, it, I think that's really important. You just said, I can't relate. Yeah. So what I see in my humble opinion, again, is that there's an increase in people who can't relate to each other. Yeah. Younger kind of progressive people like you and I, and the older, whiter group that 49% of the American population voted for Donald Trump. Like there's a large group. It's not a small group. And I think that over time, you know, they'll be weeded out and society is, and will continue to become more progressive. But those words, I can't relate. are so important um, because it's, I agree with you. I, I feel repulsed when I hear those kinds of things. Right. I think it's like so obnoxiously ridiculous um, because I can't relate. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I, it's a it's a very very interesting um, challenge, societal challenge, um, and it's you know it's not one that we're going to solve in thirty minutes. But I think there's a lot of kind of different tentacles to this. And yeah. uh, they're very interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not today, but I do want to talk more about, um, I think at least for me, I think the one takeaway, the area that I think me and you are most, uh, that we, dis- the only thing that comes to mind that we disagree on really from this conversation is around like the state of how divided um, the world is. Right. I, I think, I personally think it's less divided than it's ever been. I disagree. Yeah. So but, oh, I'd like to unpack changed. that. I'm totally open to have my mind changed. Like yeah, I see that article. Like I think that, that, you know, this dialogue is what needs to happen. Right. And sharing of information and, 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 and right. So, so what can I do? Uh, like, what can I do to uh, ease people's concerns around like coming on and having conversations? Um, make sure they don't have controversial views. Unfor- that's that's frankly what I would say. Because like, you know, you, you said you can't relate. You said that you might feel, you know, feel differently about someone based on such views. So, you know, I think that um, I think that's a real problem. Right. And if you get to a point where you say, I'm I, Adam Kruger, will not think differently about people because of their different views perhaps it's to a certain extent but i will i will seek to understand and be understood um then you can have that conversation unfortunately the public doesn't feel that way there is no seek to understand and seek to be understood it is you know it is what it is and so you know for me coming on onto this i understand we've had a great conversation but perhaps some of the stuff that I said will be taken maybe not the wrong way, or maybe it will be taken the right way and the right way will be offensive. Right. So, you know, I don't think it's just a you problem. I think it's a society problem. Yeah, I guess there, there is, there is some legitimacy in the fact that, you know, to me, it seems pretty clear that, you know, uh, what is acceptable changes over time. Right. Like, you know, that doesn't make it okay. But like something like Justin Trudeau doing like blackface 20 years ago, you know, he wouldn't have, 
like a young politician these days wouldn't do that, but that like that doesn't get him off the hook entirely because I'm sure it was still controversial to some degree in the past. I think I got sidetracked on where I was going with that, but what my point meant, what the point I meant to say is that like, you know, it's the, the world we're moving towards is more and more lives are more and more of our lives are public. Even if you don't have a podcast, you know, like you have, most people have social media, they are liking tweets and stuff. So like, there is an argument that, you know, as more and more of your life is public, like there's more, there is some risk in that, I guess. I don't know. There's only risk until for however long you want to feel it being risky, right? For whatever your risk threshold is. If you say these are my views and I'm happy to have them changed and I'm happy to, um, you know, have a constructive conversation around them, but they're my views and I'm not going to be beholden to, whatever it might be, you know, the repercussions that they, I might have, then you just deal with the consequences, right? But until then, if you don't cross that point, then you have to be walking on eggshells, in my opinion. One, one last question. Um, do, you, do you think, if, if you ever have a thought, if I ever ever thought that like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this because um, people could get upset with what I'm saying, or I... If I've ever thought that, you know, like I could lose my job for saying this, is that a moment of like self-reflection that like, you know, I probably have the wrong view here or? It's a great, it's, it's a very interesting point. I think that for a thoughtful person, yes. I think for a less thoughtful person, it's like, fuck this, this is bullshit. Like, I don't want to lose my job, but like, I can't speak my mind and I can't talk about what I want to talk about at my workplace. That's totally ridiculous. Like these people are all out to lunch. So I think there's two ways of looking at that, but I, I agree with you that, you know, when you have to challenge yourself about your views and ask yourself whether or not you should be saying them in public, it probably means there's something wrong with your fucking views. <laughs> so I agree with you in that it's generally a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I'm just wondering like if you can always use it as a guide and I'm glad we I agree. Think I think I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think it should. I think that's a great fucking guide. If I, I hold this view, if I said it, if I shouted it at young and done the corner of young and Dundas, <laughs> would I be, you know, would people I, be mad, mad at me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great barometer. Um, and I wish, you know, people were as thoughtful as you, Adam. You're just, you're just being kind, but I am. I don't wish that. I, I enjoy chaos. <laughs> Anyways, uh, any any last thoughts or are you are you happy? That's no, a great great discussion. Great cool. great discussion. I, I have a lot to think about. I I personally have gone through a wave of emotion during this conversation. It's been really really interesting. So um, I please send me any you know any articles that you've read on such topic or that you think are relevant, and I will do the same. Sounds good. And thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Thanks for. Thanks for nice speaking to everybody. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Can I Ask You a Question? If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.